Luke chapter 2 and verse number 8. The Bible says in verse number 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a, sa a David, a savior is a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you: you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And so tonight, just real quickly, I want to look at this, the story of these shepherds, what God does in their lives. And of course, y'all, from Sunday and from, the, uh, and from previous verses and previous Christmases, you know the story here. There's a census that's been given and uh, it's been ordered. And now uh, Joseph has got to take Mary and her, this baby that's in the womb, take them from Nazareth, 70 miles away to Bethlehem. And they get to Bethlehem and there, while there the son of God is born and verse 7 says she brought forth her firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn and Sunday night we talked about that no room for the Lord and the same reason that innkeeper had no room for the Lord is the same reason we a lot of times don't have room for the Lord in our own lives and I hope God has helped you this week make room for him and maybe challenge you with things about your life making sure you're making room for the Lord but, but here while this is all going on out in the field there are shepherds watching their flocks they're doing what they're supposed to be doing they they are working and I tell you what I see in these shepherds is I see in these shepherds these characters around the Christmas cradle I see a picture of the gospel reaching all people. The gospel goes to all kinds of people with these shepherds. So just real quick, let me show you what I'm talking about. Number one, I see a message of hope is, is given to them or a message of hope is heard by them. Verse number 10, an angel said unto them, fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior which is Christ the Lord and so here we see the same day that Jesus is born in Bethlehem these shepherds are out there watching their flocks by night they, and listen shepherds were not popular people they, they hung out with sheep all day they hung out with animals all day they were 
wasn't very popular. A lot of times I read that shepherds were considered social misfits. They uh, maybe they were outcasts. A lot of times they were not welcome to be involved in some of the religious ceremonies that would take place at the temple. Uh, the shepherds were looked down on. A lot of times shepherds were looked at like they were uh, they were even uh, uh, they were, were untrustworthy. That you couldn't trust a shepherd. That you couldn't uh, uh, you couldn't turn your back on a shepherd. You never knew what they would do to you. That's kind of the persona that the society looked at with these shepherds and, and they were considered unclean. They were, uh, they again were not able to participate in, in some of the temple worship, temple ceremonies because their life was given to take care of the sheep. That's all they did. Now, their jobs were dangerous at times. I mean, there was times where, where uh, wolves would come in on the sheep and the, the, the shepherd had to handle the wolf. And we read about David when he was caring for his father's sheep and he, he kills a lion and a bear with his bare hands. And, and, uh, and so their job was dangerous at times. At times it was. But for the most part, their job was probably pretty boring. I mean, just watching these sheep, I mean, of course, they had to lead them into pastures and prepare the fields. I'm not taking away from all of that. But there was many days that it just seemed like it was mundane. It was just tedious stuff, uh, just a humdrum of a job. And, and so, so that's, that's what that night, I don't know if it was a real uh, exciting night prior to the angels showing up or if it was a real boring night at night that night. Uh, but nonetheless, they're out there doing what they're supposed to be doing. And these shepherds, I don't know how many they are. Uh, they, the Bible doesn't say. The Bible says shepherds, so we, we believe it's more than one. Obviously, there's multiple shepherds. But here, we see this unpopular group of people become the first people that God announces his birth to. God goes to these shepherds and he announces the birth of his son to these unpopular outcasts, these people that were unclean, these people that were, that were social weirdos, if you will. And that's who God goes give the message to first. And so that night, uh, that night, of course, it's, they're not in the city. They don't have spotlights and street lights and all the other lights. It's dark. I mean, the stars maybe are shining. The moon is maybe shining. Or it might have been cloud cover. I don't know. But it's dark outside. And uh, uh, probably everything might have been just as normal as it always is outside. Until all of a sudden, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel shows up. The angel of the Lord comes out of nowhere with a special announcement. And the Bible says these shepherds are sore afraid. Now, I've said this already before in another message that, that I just, all I can think about that meaning is that they were so scared it hurt. And I don't know if it's because they were falling all over themselves, hurting each other. Y'all ever been that scared where you hurt yourself because you're scared? I mean, you end up falling or, or hitting yourself or, or whatever all because you're scared. I don't know if it was that or if they were so scared, uh, you know, they, they, their stomach started cramping. I don't know what all that means, but it, it can't be nothing good. And it don't mean they were just spooked a little bit. These men were afraid this angel had showed up out of nowhere. And he comes and he gives a message of peace. And then he gives a message of, I like this word. He uses this word, the angel, I bring you good tidings of great joy. 
You know what the angel is giving him? He's giving him the gospel. That angel is coming with the proclamation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I put down in my notes a scratch off a place right there and thank God for wherever you were and whoever it was that brought you the gospel. Do you remember where you were when the gospel finally got to where you were? I mean, listen, I had heard the gospel my entire life. I had heard preachers preach it. I would heard Sunday school teachers teach I'd heard people testify, but I remember so clearly that night in that back bedroom of that mill village house when I finally heard the gospel and it became real to me. And I'm glad I remember where I was when God found me. I'm glad I remember who it was that shared with me the gospel. I thank God for where you were and who it was that gave you the gospel. Where would we be without somebody else giving us the gospel? However it came to you, whether it was the preacher behind the pulpit, a Sunday school teacher, maybe it was your mama or your daddy, maybe it was just some stranger, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a gospel track, maybe it was a message on the radio or a message on the internet, I don't know, but I'm glad that God gets the gospel to where we are when we need the gospel. That's why we're out and about doing the Father's business around here. That's why we want to give the gospel to every creature. We don't know which way. We don't know which avenue it's going to take to get there. Listen, this week, 3,000 mailboxes today and tomorrow and Friday are getting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, we've got to, who knows? It might be that time. Yeah, we sent that last Christmas and we sent it the Christmas before. But it might be this Christmas that they finally read the message on the back or maybe they go to the website and listen to that gospel presentation on the website. It might be this time that they get right with God. It might be this time they get the gospel and get born in the family of God. And so what are we going to do? We're just going to keep preaching. And we're just going to keep going to the jail and giving the gospel again. And we're going to go to the street corners and give the gospel again. And we're going to tell that family member again at Christmas time one more time. Hey, listen, we don't know when it's going to happen. But it's, hey, thank God we just keep sowing the seed. God will do it. Amen. Man. Thank God. Hey, man. Where was you when you got the gospel? They were just out in the field watching a bunch of dumb sheep. And the gospel came to where they were. So, think about God doing that. And watch God doing it at the right time. God's a God of timing. He knows the right time. He knows when that thing needs to happen. And watch this. And so all of a sudden, this angel gives the gospel message. And all of a sudden, a multitude of angels show up. And the Bible says that, and suddenly, boom, there was with the angel a multitude, the heavenly host, praising God. Hey, listen, if the angels can praise God about the gospel, I believe we ought to praise God about the gospel. You know, those angels really don't know much about redemption. Oh, they got to have knowledge of redemption, but see, they ain't never been lost. They didn't know what it was to be lost without God. They didn't know what it was low, what it is to know or need a redeemer. They didn't know what it was to us to know to need a savior. Oh, so if they can praise God about the gospel, we ought to praise God about the gospel gospel but here it is they're praising God and I tell you what they, they, they I mean I, I don't know what these shepherds are doing right now but I, I'm, I guarantee that fear not still hadn't settled in I mean they hear the message for sure but man boom as soon as he gives it now there's a whole lot of angels out there singing and praising God I mean I just think about what they were I don't know I think I would be I would be shook up <laughs> But here's, here's what, the first words out of that angel's mouth, fear not, fear not. And then look, look what he says 
the gospel of the good tidings, he says, good tidings, great joy, which shall be all people. Look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, and look what he calls the Lord, a Savior, number one. He says, you've got a Savior coming. You've got a Savior that's been born. That Savior means he's a rescuer. He's a redeemer. He's a deliverer. Then he says, which is Christ. That's the Messiah. That's the anointed one. That's the one you've been waiting on. That's the one you've been hearing about. That's the one you've, you've heard your whole life. That was coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's here. He's here. He's the Savior. He's the Christ. And then he's the Lord. He's the master and the ruler. All packed into one. I'm telling you what. That verse alone has got a lot of theology in it right there. I mean, it's slam packed with the theology of Christology and who Jesus is. He is Christ. He is Lord. And he is the Savior of the world. Thank God for that. And so uh, that's the announcement. That's the announcement that he, they give. And so they, we see the message of hope heard. But then the message heard prompts an action. Notice what happens. Verse 12, he continues and says, and this shall be the sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Now the first part of that's normal. Babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's normal. Babies, newborn babies are wrapped in swaddling clothes. But laying in a manger, that's not normal. That's why it's a sign. Go back to a few weeks ago, we talked about why is Isaiah, I mean, uh, yeah, Isaiah 7, 14, such a, why is the sign given? A virgin shall be born because virgins can't have babies. What's the sign given these shepherds? Babies don't get laid in mangers. And so that's the sign they're supposed to be looking for. So they're, they're going out looking for a baby in a manger. And so, so anyway, and then suddenly there was the angel of the multitude of hosts, glory to God in the highest, verse number 15. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. Now, you can read that. We've kind of skipped through that real quick. But you'll read through from verse 11 to verse 14, and, the, and those angels never tell them they have to go. He said, and this shall be a sign you shall find, but they didn't say you got to go. They didn't say, they did not command them to go. They didn't make them go. They didn't force them to go. But I'll tell you what, when they heard that good news, they wanted to go. <laughs> I mean, they, when they heard that the Savior, the Christ, the Lord was born in Bethlehem, those men wanted to find out more about it. They wanted to go see this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They wanted to go see the Lord. They wanted to go to see the Savior. I just got to think these shepherds who everybody th thought were stupid, thought, well, if we're going find something we better go look for it if we're going to find it we better go go look and I don't guess we're going to find it out here in the field we better go look for it and so all of a sudden the message they heard prompts an action I'll tell you what, the gospel prompts an action, doesn't it? Uh, the, the gospel message prompts an action, first of all, of reception. You must believe the gospel, amen? You've got to believe. Uh, listen, the gospel message is for everyone, and we've got to preach it to all creatures, all men, women, boys, and girls. But listen, there's a prompt, there's an action that's got to be prompted. They must come to the Lord Jesus Christ. They must repent and believe the gospel just because they hear it with their ears does not make them say. Just because they believe it in their mind just because
because they got a head knowledge of it doesn't make them say they must believe I believe the reason our churches in such a our churches are in such a mess in 2023 is because they got a handful of folk maybe that are saved we've got a lot of them they've got a head knowledge and, and man they they know a little bit about the Bible a little bit about the gospel but they've never abandoned themselves on the Lord Jesus Christ you know what these shepherds said I'm abandoning these sheep for a little while I'm throwing down all of my job and all of my responsibility I'm I'm, 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 I'm going to cast out all of my goodness. I'm casting off my works and I'm going to find the Savior. I'm going to go see if the Word of God is true. I'm casting my faith on the Word of God. Let's go find Him. Let's go see it prompted an action. I'll say this. The gospel prompts action after you receive the gospel. There's an action. Amen. We're to go into all the world. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, but there's an action also. Uh, the, now our life is to start changing. Our life is, there's some things, there's some things that might be automatic once we get saved. But then there's some things that God starts working on day by day. Moment by moment, week by week, year by year, God starts working on. Hey, listen, I tell you what, it's exciting day. Hey, listen, get, I love, I love getting to preach, but I tell you what, I love, I love getting to pastor people and see. I get to know, I got, get, I get to get in on the know on some things y'all don't know. I know this. That in the last few weeks, there's been some people that's come up to me, whether it be in the foyer or they've called me on the phone or they shot me a text message and said, "Hey, preacher, I just want you to know I hadn't been right about this in my life, but I've got it right the other week, and, and God's." Helping me keep it right. And there's been some of them say, hey, preacher, I want to get in on that missions given. And, and some of them said, hey, preacher, I ain't never really got right about tithing. I want to get right about tithing. And I want to make up my tithe and do right about my giving. Hey, listen, and I didn't preach on all that. Hey, listen, that's God working in people's lives. Hey, that's what it, the message prompts an action to do something. And so we see it prompts an action with them. And I thought about this, and I know I, was, I dwelt on it a lot on Sunday morning, but you think about all this. God orchestrates all of this. He arranges this census. He arranges this taxes, and he gets Mo, uh, Mary and Joseph down there to Bethlehem, and he starts working behind the scenes. And again, this manger thing, this thing about the baby being in the manger, you think about it. And I dealt with it on Sunday, so I don't, want to just, I don't want to say everything again, but that's the epitome of humility. Hey, coming to a manger, the God of the universe, the God of creation laying in a nasty manger, laying in a feeding trough. Oh, listen, the Messiah didn't come in the royalty that he deserved. He didn't have a halo around his head as he walked through the streets like these Catholic pictures have. He didn't have halo around his head, but he had humility. And that's what they would see as he walked down the street. And so that's, but here's, here's the last thing I'm done. These shepherds, they get there very quickly. They head down there to find the Savior. And they left in haste. And they want to go find what they were told by the angel. And they get down there and they find this. And you, can you imagine the faces of those present in the stable when the shepherds show up? Now, we only have in the list Mary, Joseph, and the baby, but verse number uh, verse number 17 and 18 gives an idea there might have been some more people around. I don't know who all of those people were. Maybe the innkeeper showed up when he heard a baby crying in his stable. I don't know. I don't know who all was there, but it sounds like there's more, and maybe it's not. I mean, they just means plural and three people's plural, so I don't know. But, but I know this. These shepherds get down there, and this is what they do. They are, they are telling exactly what that angel told them. Here's this. The message they heard 
was proclaimed to other people. So that message prompted an action, but that message was proclaimed to other people. They just told them exactly what the angel was telling them. Listen, these guys were not educated. These guys were not people that everybody wanted around. They Again, they're outcasts, but these unpopular people became the first missionaries of the gospel. I believe we could put a missions message together right here in this text right here. I'm not doing it. I'm almost done. I promise. But there's the first missionaries in the gospels is, is some unpopular shepherds, some, some just rough cut men that wasn't educated, didn't have a whole lot of training. Not like, as far as Bible training, they, I mean, them scholars had to go look in their book to figure out where, why, why, why is there a star showing up in, in Bethlehem and all that kind of stuff. Remember when Herod was trying to figure out where the baby was born? And people were supposed to read their Bible every day. Didn't, they had to go back and find it. But some shepherds, God got a hold of them. <laughs> and they went down there and found God. And all of a sudden, everything changed about their life. Here's what it, they, everybody else stood in amazement. When they heard what they said, verse number 18, they all, all, that they, all they that heard it wandered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They was amazed. Well, look what it says about Mary. Mary said she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary knew what that angel told her nine months ago. Mary knew who that baby was. And God just sent a bunch of shepherds to confirm it. God just sent a bunch of unpopular, unlikely, uneducated, stanky shepherds to confirm what Mary already knew. And she just pondered on it in her heart. She just thought about what, what God was doing right there. And you know what the Bible said about these, these shepherds? Verse 20. The shepherds returned. They went back to the fields. But they didn't go back the same way they came. Went glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I wonder what a difference it would make with our gospel message if we went back glorifying and praising God. That praise business, and I'm done, that praise business is visible or vocal or both. Praise is always outward. Somebody said, I praise God on the inside. No, you can't. Because every time we find the word praise in our Bible, it's either visible, vocal, or both together. These men were excited about what God was doing. I think about this, and I'm done. I remember, I remember, y'all remember when the Braves won the World Series in 1995? I remember that. Some of y'all wasn't born, but I remember that. And I remember we watched every game of the World Series. My daddy, let, my mom and daddy let me stay up. Every night to watch it. And you know what? I did the same thing with Nolan in 2021. I let him stay up late every night to watch him games. And so you can call him what you want to. But I remember this. This is what I remember. Game six. I remember game six when we finally won. I don't remember all the details. Some of y'all remember all the details. But I was a kid. So forgive me. My daddy, we had a, we had a neighbor named Jerry and a neighbor named Charlie. When, when, when that final out was done. They all three ran out of the house a screaming and a shouting and a hollering and they jumped in the back of Jerry had a little bit old Nissan truck and little bitties and they had a six foot tomahawk they had made out of cardboard. And they, I mean it was painted, it was nice and they got in the, Daddy and Charlie got in the back of that truck and Jerry got in the front seat and they squealed tired and they drove all around Rockmar. Oh! See, there wasn't social media and all that stuff. You couldn't post all that. So they went and posted all right there. Oh, 
I'm guarantee there was people that didn't care nothing about the Braves found out, well, I guess the Braves won. I guess the Braves won. I guess, I guess the Braves won the World Series. People found out because there were some people glorifying and praising a ball team. wonder what a difference it'd make in our testimony, in our witnessing, if we got that excited about God. And we got that fanatical about what God did for us. We was just on the backside of nowhere in the darkness of night. I mean, minding our own business. I mean, it was a nasty job. It was a dangerous, I could go on and on. But all the bad things that went along with their job and all the, the, the danger that took place in their job and the darkness that they were living in, all of a sudden God showed up out of nowhere and gave me the gospel. And I found out that it was true. I found out that everything they said was right. I remember when I got saved, the night I got saved, I remember saying, God, I know what the Bible says. I heard what the preacher says. I heard what mama says. But I believe the gospel. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that I can't save myself. I said, I, you know what? That's what happened them, uh, them shepherds. They believed it. They put their faith in it. And it changed them. And they went back glorifying and praising God. And we're still preaching about it 2,000 years later because some unpopular uh, shepherds became the first missionaries of the gospel. Wonder what happened. We got excited about the testimony. What we heard. Old shepherds in the field. Nobody cares about them. God does. God can save anybody. And when God saves anybody, he can change anybody. He can turn their life around and take a bunch of shepherds and make them into preachers. Amen. And so I want to challenge you this Christmas. Get the gospel out. You heard the message? You've heard it? Has it prompted you to action? And then proclaim it to other people. 